You are listening to sermon audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net. My name is Matt. Um, I am I'm our, let's make sure we're in the right place here we are. Okay. Um, I'm one of our uh, teaching pastors here at Grace. I oversee all of our college and student ministries. Forgot we have to stay in a certain place now. They're really tightening it up because we're doing video shoots now. So if you go over there, you're like behind the video. So just so you know why I'm pretty much chained right here. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to be here. I'm usually upstairs, but it's great to be here today. So um, let's just dive right in. Tony prayed. Uh, I want to start with just a question. Have you guys ever, have you ever seen something or have you ever seen somebody do something and you just, it just kind of blew you away and you were just like, man, I've got to learn how to do that. Right? We've all done that, right? I mean, and it, 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 it doesn't necessarily have to be a significant thing, but there was just something that you saw and you're just like, man, I'd love to learn how to do that. Back when I was a teenager, probably your age, this guy hit the stage. I don't know. Okay, some of you know, first service, Eddie doesn't make much of a who. Anyway, um, when, I saw, when I saw Eddie ripping his eruption guitar solo for the first time and those cascading harmonics came flowing into my soul, I was just moved. And I just said to myself, man, I've got to learn how to play that. I've got to learn how to do that. I heard an amen in the back. I see Wayne. Yes. Um, and, and so some of you guys, you, okay, maybe you can't relate to that, but a lot of you guys love to cook, and I, I talk to you, and you're always watching cooking shows, and you're always um, down on Alberta or Mississippi, and you're trying to find these recipes, and, and then, then you're trying to learn how to make them, and, and you, I mean, we see excellence. We're like, man, I'd love to learn how to do that. Now, let me show you, <clears throat> excuse me, what this looks like redemptively. Years ago, uh, my wife Rhonda and I came to faith over 20 years ago in Seaside. And, and this is a picture of a VBS we do here because I didn't have one from 20 some years ago. But, but 20 some years ago, my wife watched as, as these kids started streaming into this church. And she watched Laura, who was this lady who oversaw the whole thing, and she was coordinating all of the food, all of the, the volunteers, and she was making sure that these kids in that community knew that there was a God in heaven that loved them and that they were valuable and that he had a plan for their life that, that they could never achieve apart from him. And she's been doing it here ever since. And, um, and she just saw that. She said, I, I got to do that. And I think it was even more than that for her. It was a calling. In our, in our, in our text today, there, there's, a, there's a situation kind of like that. We see the disciples, they, they've been walking with Jesus, they've been following him, and he's been doing incredible things. They've watched him do miracles. They've watched him speak to the authorities and confront injustice in his society um, in ways nobody else has. They've seen him speak words that no man has ever spoke before. And they watched him pray. And there was something about the way that Jesus prayed, this intimacy he had with the Father that, that they had not seen before. And so they asked him, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. We want to know what that's about. And so in, in our text today in Luke, Luke 11, that's exactly what's going to happen. Jesus is going to teach them, and, and I'm hoping us, to, to pray. Because let's, let's be honest, prayer 
is an area where most of us, we struggle. We, we never feel like we've fully attained or maybe we're not doing it right. And, and there's lots of reasons for this. I mean, Jay pointed out last week that we're probably the most distracted generation ever to walk the face of the earth, right? Cell phones going off all the time, social media, news. I mean, your pockets are probably buzzing right now. Just let them go. Just let it go. It's fine. Unless it's your kids. Pick it up. Um, but sometimes we're just busy, right? I mean, all of us are busy, and it's almost cliche, but, but we're busy, and so we don't take the time to prayer, or some of us just don't think it's that important. But, but there's, also, there's also the fact that we've got some really jacked up ideas about what prayer is, what it means to approach God in prayer. And so, so we tell ourselves things like, um, man, he, he doesn't really care about me. I mean, he doesn't really care about my needs. Or, man, I, I've really been involved in some bad things over my life. There's no way he wants to talk to me. I've been involved in shady stuff this past week. And so our shame keeps us away from him. Or maybe closer to home for, for many of us, um, we, we tell ourselves that, yeah, perhaps God's going to see my divided heart and call me out on my hypocrisy. Maybe he's going to make me feel stupid for my deficiencies and my sin and my selfishness. And so, so we stay away. We, we don't go to God in prayer. And the tragedy of this is we miss out on this intimate relationship that God wants to have with every single one of us. And so can we just admit today that, that we need help with this? We need help with prayer. The disciples needed help, and, and, and we need some help, and hopefully we're going to get that today. Now, many of you know the Lord's Prayer, right? Most of you have learned it from, the, from Matthew, and so it's, it's more of a Jewish version of the prayer. Luke, Luke records the same well, it's not the same prayer, but um, remember, Luke's writing to a non-Jewish audience, so, so his, he leaves some things out, but the substance is the same. And so we're, we're going to look today at the Lord's Prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. <clears throat> Excuse me. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. And so he said to them, fine, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and give us each day our daily bread and forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Or forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone our sins. That's an important part to remember. Um, let's just stop right there. Let's stop right there. He says, you, you, you want to you pray like I pray? Well, you start with Father. It's a simple word, but you start with Father. Approach God in prayer as, as, a chi as you would if a, a child to a father. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And this would have been a crazy idea, especially in that culture, Right, where we're calling God Father, unless you were simply talking about the nationalistic, you know, he's the father of Israel. But, but to call him Father like Jesus did as the son, man, would have been blasphemous in that day. But this is why Jesus had come, right? We, we've, we've seen this all through the book of Luke. He came to bring the kingdom. And in the kingdom, our relationships with God are restored because of his sacrifice and his provision on our behalf. Ephesians 2 tells us that... Um, 
That through him, that is Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. By the both, he's talking about Jews and Gentiles. This is everybody. This is why he came, to give us access to the Father, to bring us into his presence. And so for Jesus, you're not just, he's not just the king and, and you're a subject, or he's not just the shepherd and you're the sheep, but, but he's your father and you're his child. Try and hold it together here, this picture. I don't know what I'm gonna do when my daughter's here next service, but um, this is my, me and my daughter. This is years ago, she's 21 now. Um, the the father-daughter relationship, when done well, um, is one of the most intimate relationships we have. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, we speak of unconditional love, I mean, just look at her face. Look at the way she's looking at me. I mean, she knows what my gaze means. She knows it. She knows it means that she's loved, that she's gonna be cared for, that she's valued, that she's treasured. She knows I'm gonna protect her. Just look at her face. It's like my favorite picture. Do you know that this is the kind of relationship God wants to have with you? He wants to invite you in as a, as a child to his father. He wants to look at you and, and tell you that you're cherished and you're loved because of what Jesus has done. It's, it's such an intimate relationship. And we need to drill this down into our souls because some of you have known that and have forgotten that today. And some of you have never known that. But by using Father, Jesus is inviting us into this relationship where, where, where he's gonna speak into our soul. You know when my daughter calls me at work? Well, actually, when you guys, when my phone rings at work and I'm busy and it's one of you guys, sometimes I give you the double tap. Actually, I give you the single tap because I don't want you to know I'm giving you the double tap. So you think, oh, he might be away from his phone. Nope, you got double tapped. Um, sorry about that. I just, but listen, when my kids call, it doesn't matter if I'm in preaching team, staff meeting, whatever. I'm just like, hey, hang on, guys. Hello. And this is, this is also, this is the, the access we have to our Father. Right? So all these, all these ideas are bound up in this term, Father. And so I love that he starts with, with Father. And, and listen, I know for some of you this is really painful. Let's, let's be real honest. I know that some of you have never known the love of a father some of you have had fathers and, and they've abandoned you and some of you have fathers and emotionally they've abandoned you. And, you, and some of you have been abused and I, I don't want to stir this, I, I just want to say, I'm, look, I understand that and I am sorry. I mean, I truly am, I am sorry. And I love you and God loves you and we'd love to talk to you about that here but, but listen, here's what Jesus is, is inviting you into. For those of us who've had dads, and look, we screw it up. And for those of you who never have, and it's been harsh, Jesus is inviting us into a relationship with the Father that will change everything about the way you approach God. If you see him as he sees you, man, you'll run to him. You'll run to him. When you pray, begin with Father. And he says, hallowed be your name. 
This is the idea of honoring and the, the honoring and recognition of God's great name. This is actually a request. It's like saying, Father, would you would your name be honored and, and hallowed across the, these nations around the world? And will, would your name be honored and hallowed in my life? Will I live, will the way I live represent your name well? Will the things I talk about represent your name? And, and what's important is we, we will never fully revere the name of God and, and all its holy character unless we understand who he is through Jesus and the scripture, right? If we, if we approach God with our own ideas about who he is, we're never gonna revere his name. We're never gonna honor his name the way it should be honored. And so we honor his name by believing who he is, by acting on what he's, what he's spoken into our lives, and by putting his opinions over the opinions of man. We honor him that way. And, and, and we ask him to make his name holy in our communities, make his name holy in our households, and, and first and foremost, make your name holy and sacred in my life. May I see you as you truly are. This isn't the father is homeboy, right? It's very, it's intimate, but, but there's a respect there. Gary was talking about in the at preaching team in the Middle East, even, even today when kids run into their houses and they're playing, if the father's there, they run over, they grab his hand and they touch it to their forehead, and then they go play. There's, there's an honor there. And so it's intimate, but there's still an honor, and, and that's important. So, so we pray, hallowed be your name. And then he says, and, and then, then you pray about the kingdom. And, and we've talked a lot about the kingdom in the book of Luke. This is God's rule and reign to become a reality here and now. Your kingdom come. This is, this is something we, he is starting right now. He started when he showed up and he, he will continue until the day that, that these words become true, that the kingdoms of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. Listen, God is at work establishing his kingdom and I know it's hard for us sometimes when, when, we, when we turn on the news and I know it's hard when you look at your Twitter feeds and all you're seeing is this, this destruction and these lies and the political hammers just smashing, but listen, his kingdom is breaking out. I mean, I, I just watched this YouTube video last week of the, get this, the cannibal, cannibal drug lords of Liberia. I'm like, you okay, Matt? No, I was just, I had to know because, because what's happening is some of these guys are now, they, they, they've been converted. The gospel is breaking out. And these, these men who have killed hundreds of thousands and recruited thousands of child, child soldiers Right, loaded them up on heroin and taught them how to kill people. They've come to Christ and the kingdom's breaking out and these guys are now leading churches. They're going out and finding these children. They're bringing them in and they're taking care of them. It's amazing what's going on in places like that and the Congo like Gary talks about. But the kingdoms are also breaking out here. And Steve's story. I, I love Steve's story. I was here when he came here the first time. I love Steve's story because, because he says that, look, he was alienated. He was made fun of, he was mocked, he was pushed to the sides of society, but he came to grace, and what did he find? He found love, he found grace, and he found a family. He found a place he belonged. Man, that's the kingdom. And so we're praying for the kingdom to, to break out in our lives, in our households. We're praying for God's gospel to go out through all the world and have a, have a positive effect, changing the hearts and minds of people. That's what we're calling for when we're asking for the kingdom to come. And so Jesus tells us that, that when we pray, the focus of our prayer starts with God. I think that's important, 
right, right? We talk about, we go to the Father intimately because of what Christ has done for us, right? We, we honor his name. It's not God as homeboy. He, he's, the, he's the Lord. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the one who was and is and is to come, the Almighty. This is who we're talking to. And, 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 and we think and we have the kingdom frame our mindset, right? The, the kingdom framework, we, we put ourselves under that and it gives us mission. And it's only when we understand that that, that we actually turn to our personal needs. And, and he cares about our needs, right? He says, give us this day our daily bread. This talks about more than just the things we eat. This is all of our physical um, needs. This is our dependence on God for all of our physical needs, and so when we're praying this, we're, it's this universal acknowledgement that, that everything we have is a gift from the Father. All good things come from the Father. We, we know this. But some of us need, need to be reminded of that. Right, the reason your cupboards are full at your house is because you've been blessed by God and, and he's caused rain to, to fall on the ground which produces the crop and I mean, we forget all those steps before we get to Safeway. But God is at work making things happen. And, and listen, you, you and I live in the most prosperous nation ever. And, and I thank God for that. I love America. I'm glad I live here. I'm grateful. But I'll tell you this, there's a danger in that. Because you look throughout the scripture and you see the, the, the people, when the people of God turned away from God the most is when their bellies were full. Right, when they had what they needed, they, they got from God and they were like, nah, we're good. Start worshiping other idols with the very breath that God puts in their lungs. That's a danger for us. And be careful. This, this prayer helps us orient. Our, remember where everything you have good comes from. And, and he cares about your needs. So take those to the Father. Ask him about those. Forgive us, Lord. Just as we forgive those who sinned against us, forgiveness is important. This is God's ongoing provision for our spiritual needs that shape our relationships with other people and with the Father. This reminds us of the reality that we are in relation to other people, and not just people, first and foremost, God. Excuse me. And so, um, as children, right, we often, uh, we, we don't do it right. Right, right, we, we blow it, and, and as those of us who are children of God, man, sometimes we, we, we wander off. We find ourselves involved in sin and, and some of these things, and, and instead of running back to God, we, we kind of use those ideas that we talked about at the beginning of this sermon. Ah, he doesn't want to see me. Man, I've done some bad things. He wants nothing to do with me, and, and we stay away from him. Just like when you loan a guy 50 bucks, and he sees you coming down the hall, and he hasn't paid in weeks, and he kind of avoids you, right? Somebody said, you want to get rid of somebody? Loan him a couple hundred bucks, you'll never see him again. Uh, no, okay, that's cynical, but probably true. Um, but we do the same thing with our sin, right? We find ourselves in places we know we shouldn't be, involved in things and thoughts and all these things, and instead of running to the Father who is, who is biased to forgive your sin, he's, he's, he's positioned to forgive your sin, that ongoing sin. Instead of doing that, we, we hide, and, and this reminds us, no, come to him. I want to forgive your sin. And he's not just talking about the, your, your ultimate sin that separated you. No, that's done. He's done that. You, he, you call him Father and you, because you've already come through Jesus. He's forgiven you for your sins. These are those daily sins that we constantly pick up. First John says this, that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. 
But if we confess our sin, that he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He's talking to believers here. And if you claim you haven't sinned, any hands? Good, because you'd make him out to be a liar and that, therefore his word wouldn't be in you. And so my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. That's the goal, right? We're pursuing holiness, we're pursuing his name. But if you do, and we do, this was one of my favorite passages ever. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but for the sins of the entire world. Jesus Christ is the only remedy this world has for the sin problem that we have. That's, he's it. And those ongoing sins, as we go to him and he cleanses us, we are to, are, are to offer that kind of forgiveness to others in our lives. Remember the story in Matthew 18? There's this king and, and this guy owes him a ton of money. I mean, an extraordinary amount of money. And he can't pay him back. And the king says, hey, it's time to pay up. And the guy's like, I don't got it. And, and so the king says, oh, okay. Sells all his stuff, grabs him and his wife and his kids, and is going to put them in prison so that, until they can work to pay off what they owe. They're going to be in there for life. He owes way too much. I don't know how he got that extended, but he did. But he pleads and he begs to the king for mercy. And the king forgives this incredible amount of debt and lets him go free. But that same guy goes out and finds some dude who owes him like 50 bucks. He says, pay me, and the guy doesn't have it. And he starts choking him out, the scripture says. He's got him in a chokehold. And he drags him off into prison and says, you're gonna stay there until you pay me back that 50 bucks. Well, the servants of the, of the king see what's going on and they say, hey, king, check this out over here. You know that, remember that guy? And so the king goes and gets him, and he, and he brings him in, and he says, hey, what are you doing? I have forgiven you hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you're telling me you couldn't even forgive this guy 50 bucks? And the king drops the hammer on this guy. And the point is, God has forgiven you and me more than we could pay back in a hundred lifetimes, a million lifetimes, and you're telling me today that you can't forgive your mom? I mean, you can't forgive your coworker? Maybe your, maybe your dad, a friend? And listen, I'm not saying there's not significant offenses that have been caused to you but are you not even willing to do the work to forgive, to go to the Lord and, and have him help you? Not only will he take care, of your, he'll take care of your sin, he'll help you to extend that to other people. And this is so important. And finally, we gotta get rolling here. The last one, lead us not into temptation. People get messed up on this one because they, they think, well, God would never lead us into temptation. James tells us God doesn't tempt anybody, and you're right about that. But, but this is about our weakness. This is about admitting our dependence on him. Father, unless you lead us by your spirit, man, I'm gonna end up right back there. I know, I, I constantly am pulled. There, there's certain sins that just draw me. I need your help. Help me to resist those sins. That's what this is all about. And so notice, too, that this whole, this whole prayer, it's not just about me. I mean, we, we pray it for ourselves, but, but it's a community prayer. Give us each day our daily bread together. Forgive us together our sins. Look, when you pray, I need you to take me with you. And when you pray, I need to take you with me. 
And if we can't be there physically, then, then just bring me up. You guys write this down. Pray for Matt this week. Do it. I want you all taking me with you. I don't know if I can take you all, but I'll corporately try and throw it up there. Um, but, but this is important because what happens is we become bound to a, a, a tighter and tighter knit community where we share the same father, the same values, the same goals. We have the same needs. They might look different, but, but we're needy people. And he loves us. And he wants to provide for those needs. And he calls you his child, man. Just think about this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And John says, that is exactly who you are if you know Jesus. Remember that. And so when we pray, we, we specifically can pray these words. I pray the exact words. But also, this is kind of a framework to hang your prayers on. So, so when you go to him as Father, talk to him about, about, about what that means to you. Talk to him about how does the kingdom of God play out in my home, in my life, in my workplace. Use it as a framework, but I don't think it's a bad idea to just straight pray it. It puts our head in the right spot, right space. Jesus goes on teaching and he tells them, he's gonna tell them a story, a parable, and this is gonna help them understand um, how to pray. He says, suppose you guys have a friend and, and, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey and has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. To which the original audience would have been like, there's no way that would ever happen. That's the point. He says, I tell you that even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say, ask. I say, it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. This parable teaches a really simple thing. It's just a really simple thing. People try and do weird stuff with parables. The, it, the point is simple. If this guy... If this inconvenienced man will respond to his neighbor by giving him what he needs in the middle of the night throughout all the, you know, the doors locked, kids are in bed, how much more will a father who loves you and is positioned towards you answer your prayers? And he invites you to come in and, and ask these things boldly to him. He wants us to come to him with shameless audacity and pray. And it's not, the, the, it's not about beating the father down. He's saying, I, wanna, I want you to come to me with, with full access. No matter what you think is in the way, man, you come to me. And this is why we read in Hebrews, let us therefore approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Think about how Jesus prayed. Hebrews 5, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, man, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. So it's, so it's both this shameless audacity, this boldness to approach the throne, but we never lose the, the, the reverence and the submission to him. So you cry out, God, why aren't you healing my daughter? And you can tell him how you feel. Don't you care? Let it out. And then, then remember, oh, I, I, I know you do care. I'm just so broken. I know you can heal. If I was you, I would do this. Why won't you do this? Please, Father, 
and you start that dialogue, and he's not afraid. He wants to hear everything. He wants all your anxieties, all your passion, all your doubts. And you bring them to the Father. And it's, at, it's, it's, it's in that communion with the Father where, where you will receive, where he will give. And it's not just a one and done. You keep coming back to the Father because not only is he answering your prayers, but he's shaping the, the way you think. He's shaping our own hearts. And we start seeing our needs in different ways. He's not gonna give you everything you want. That's not the point. No dad that's, that's worth his salt would ever give his kid everything they wanted, right? He's a good father. And he's gonna give us more than we could ever imagine. Great need drives or great, yeah, great need drives bold prayer. That's what's going on here. And watch as he finishes up. Which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, you'd give him a snake? Or if he asked for an egg, you would give him a scorpion? If then, though you, you though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your, to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who are asking him? Now, Jesus argues from the lesser to the greater. He says, look, you dads, you evil dads. And when the, fir- when the first hearers would have heard this, they would have been like, yeah, yeah, we're evil, sinful, wicked, selfish. You know, we hear evil and think of crazy movies, but no, evil, yeah. If you can provide Matt for your little daughter like you did, and you didn't do it hard, but you did some good things. And how much more am I gonna not only provide for your needs, I'm gonna give you more than you could ever ask for. I'm gonna give you my spirit. I'm gonna literally share the life of God with you. That's what, that's what he's inviting us into. And so why do we need his spirit? Just think about, think about this last thing. Jesus is the kindest, most compassionate. I mean, he's the truth, right, man, that's ever walked the face of the earth. And he thinks that every human being has a corrupt heart and that, that is filled with, with evil. I mean, he says that. And this is why Jesus says in John 14, 6, this is why you can't come to the Father except through me. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. You can't have this kind of access to the Father unless you go through Jesus. You just can't have, there is no other way. Unless you put your faith in, in, the, in the life and the work and the, the sacrifice that Jesus made on your behalf on the cross, you have no access to the Father. You have nothing to say. But he invites you. He invites you in. Because when you do go to Jesus, you meet him at the foot of the cross, and you find forgiveness, you find healing, you find mercy, And it's there that you'll find a father who will pour out his spirit into your heart. He'll give you you new life. And some people will ask, okay, so why is the spirit so important? What is it that the spirit's gonna do in my life? Well, a few things as we close. It's it's through the spirit that, that you experience the very love of God. Paul tells us that God's love has been poured out into your hearts through the spirit. The spirit himself testifies. It gives us great confidence that we are his children. When we start to doubt, the spirit of God is in us, working all the time. The spirit of God helps us in our weakness. He intercedes with us. He he prays for us when we can't even find the words. The Holy Spirit will teach us and remind us everything Jesus said. The Holy Spirit is the one that clothes you with power to be able to preach his gospel to all nations. And finally, Paul says in Ephesians 1, the Holy Spirit is your deposit. It is the down payment. 
promising and ensuring that you will receive the inheritance one day when you are face to face with God. It's a taste of heaven right here on earth. Man, the Holy Spirit is everything. He's God. And he says, man, if you ask, I will give that to you. I will give him to you. And so when we pray, Jesus says, you find a father who loves you because of what Jesus has done. He's holy. He has a plan for you. He wants to provide for your needs, your physical needs, your, your spiritual needs. And he wants to protect you and he wants to call you his son and daughter. And that's what he invites us into today. Bow with me. For those of you who know the Father today, maybe you've forgotten how treasured and how precious you are to him and how precious and treasured he ought to be to you. Man, confess that today. Tell him you you want things to be different from here on out. Go to him, confess your sin, have him forgive your sin, and, and, and again, trust that he will provide. But listen, you gotta talk to him, you gotta go to him, approach the throne boldly today. And for those of you that have never known the Lord, maybe today's the day that you meet Jesus at the foot of the cross and just confess that you need, you got a sin problem, you need help. And he'll forgive your sin. The Father will pour out his spirit in your life and you will experience life like you'd never imagined. Man, won't you do that today? I just wanna, wanna say we've got some prayer teams on the side here. If, if there's someone you, you just want to pray with, somebody you want to just talk to, I mean, I'll be up here. We'd, we'd love to do that. We'd love to pray for you. Let's, let's pray together. Father, you are our Father because of what Jesus has done, and you give us full access, and you love us, and you treasure us, and we, we want to treasure you. And so we pray that you would make your name holy and sacred in our lives. We pray that you would bring your kingdom first and foremost into our hearts, Lord, and into our homes and provide those things that we need, Lord, from the, and we we acknowledge that you are the one that puts food on our tables and takes care of the sin in our hearts. So we trust you for that. Protect us, lead us by your spirit, Lord. Protect us from temptation and empowering us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Thank you for all you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net.